0: I want to take as my text this morning a portion of that first reading from Isaiah's chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. And if you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 713. Isaiah chapter 40 and and beginning at verse 28, which I'd like us to read together again. in which the prophet says to the people, have you not not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no strength, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In summary, what Isaiah seems to be saying is that God can help, and He will help. (laughs) That He can help, and He will help. Now, to fully understand our text, we have to, I think, see it within its immediate context. And so we have to back up to verse 27, which in the New International Version reads like this. And why do you complain, Jacob? Jacob being the people of God. Why do you say, Israel, quote, my way is hidden from the Lord and my cause is disregarded by him? In other words, some of the people of God were saying that God doesn't know what's going on in my life. And even if he does, he doesn't seem to care that, uh, you know, I'm getting the dirty end of the stick. And suffering injustice at the hands of others. And to respond to this, then Isaiah says in verse 28 more or less, what's the matter with you? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Or as Peterson puts it in the message, haven't you been listening? And then Isaiah begins his argument to show, first of all, not only is will, will God help, but he can. He's not only willing, he's able. And so the prophet begins to rehearse who God is. Indeed, notice in Verse 28, what the prophet says, he says, the Lord is the everlasting God. That is to say, our God is eternal. That is to say that his existence is not in any way limited by the time-space continuum. There is no, time places no limit upon God, like time places a limit on us. And the older you get, the more sense that statement makes. The limitations. I find myself walking around the house like, sometimes kind of like an old man. Maybe that's because I'm starting to become one. And time is not my friend. But God isn't limited by time. God exists above it. As Peterson puts it in the message, God doesn't come and go. In fact, if you think about what um, uh, God said to Moses when God says, and and what is your name? God says, tell the people that I am who I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. Not I was, or I will be. I always am, I am. Indeed the psalmist writing in Psalm 90 in verse 2 said before the mountains were brought forth or ever you Lord had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are God. And so the Lord is the everlasting God. I think we just sang that didn't we? And so Isaiah says in verse 28 also that God is the creator of the ends of the earth. He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. That is to say, that God is the creator of the ends of the earth and everything in between. Go all the way out as far as you can. He's the creator. And then come on back to where you are. And everything in between is his creation. Or as in the New English translation, God is the creator of the whole earth. Or as Peterson put it, God is the creator of everything you can see. (laughs) Which is another way of saying that God is not limited by space. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. We're talking about the God who can help Indeed, not limited by space. I think a few weeks back we were looking at Psalm 139. In Psalm 139 verses 7 through 10, the psalmist says, And where, Lord, can I go from your spirit? Where can I go to escape you? Or where is there that I can flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the place of the dead in Sheol, you're there if I take the wings of the morning from in the east and fly to the uttermost parts of the sea as far as the west goes, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Or as Barbara Brown Taylor put it in her book, The Preaching Life, she said, God is greater than mine imagination, wiser than my wisdom, more dazzling than the universe, as present as the air I breathe, and yet utterly beyond my control. And so God is the creator of the ends of the earth. And Isaiah says in verse 28, and God does not faint or grow weary, which is another way of saying that God's power is without limit. That is to say, as a the theologians sometimes put it, God is omnipotent or all-powerful. W. H. Griffith Thomas in his famous book, The Principles of Theology, which is a theological commentary on the Anglican 39 Articles of Religion said that God is omnipotent and that He is means that God possesses power adequate to all possible requirements. That God is omnipotent means that God possesses power adequate to all possible requirements. Or if you like, God never suffers a setback. And he's perfectly, perfectly situated to help all of us who do. <laughs> Indeed, when you are floating out of control, or dare I say rushing out of control, down the river, you want someone secure on the shore who can deliver you from your predicament. And there's no one more secure than God. And so God does not grow faint or weary. And Isaiah says in verse 28, and and God's understanding is unsearchable. Inscrutable. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, that God's understanding is beyond measure. You can't, don't worry if you can't wrap your head around some of this. Your head's not big enough to wrap to be wrapped around God. God is God. And the very nature of the case is, is that you won't be able to measure His understanding. This is another way of saying that God is omniscient or all-knowing. In fact, I think we quoted Sproul several weeks back, writing about the subject of God's omniscience or His all-knowing. That God is omniscient, Sproul says, means that God knows everything about everything and everyone all at the same time. He knows the future no less than the past or the present, and possible events that never happen no less than actual events that do nor does he have to search for information about things, as a computer might retrieve a file. All his knowledge is immediate and directly before him. How can you say God doesn't understand or know my situation? He can't help but know it. He knows your situation better than you do. and knows just when to act in your best interest. And so certainly God can help. But more than that, Isaiah says that not only can, can God help, but that God will help. Indeed, notice again verses 29 through 31. And so Isaiah says that uh, God gives power to the faint. That is, that he he gives power. And notice, he gives his power to the tired and to the weary. And as we noted just a few moments ago, God himself does not faint, but he gives power to those who do. And so God gives power to the faint. And and Isaiah says, and, and God gives strength to those who have no strength. Have you ever felt that way? Usually it's, 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 it's not something, you know, limiting you physically. Oftentimes, times it's just some circumstance that's completely beyond your control. And you are, you would maybe describe as, as you being at the mercy of these people or this situation. And you feel yourself drained, or perhaps it is physical, and you're weak, impotent, and at the mercy of that weakness. But God helps those who are weak. And God doesn't help them merely by fortifying the little strength that they already have. Rather, God strengthens them by giving us His power. And that's why if you are in the habit of trusting God, you know what it's like where you have this situation, you don't know what to do. You give it to God and all of a sudden He releases it. And all of a sudden you feel revived. And you might say that it was miraculous. And maybe it is. In fact, perhaps that's what Paul was thinking about when he wrote to the Philippians and he said, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. He wrote that from prison, by the way. Not because he did anything wrong, but because he was doing what was right. <laughs> Indeed, the, the strong, so-called, on, on their own, aren't nearly strong enough. <laughs> Indeed, notice again verse 30, even use, right? You remember that line from the the, the movie It's a Wonderful Life and the old guy's up on the porch there and and, uh, I won't go into the whole thing but he said, uh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. I wish I could take what I know now and put it back on my 20-year-old body. I'd I'd, I'd live differently and better. (laughs) Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. The strongest and the best are still finite and limited, and every day getting older and weaker." And so the strong so-called on their own aren't nearly strong enough. But, verse 31, Isaiah says, But those who wait on the Lord. Or in the NIV, those who hope in the Lord. And that's, what, that's the point. See, waiting is the exact opposite of giving up. Waiting on God is the exact opposite of giving up on God. And so this is a good translation. Those who hope in the Lord are those who trust in the Lord in the New Living Translation. it is those who trust in His promises. Think of Job and his faith. And things were going on in his life and behind the scenes he had no idea what was back of all of it. And he was suffering. In the 13th chapter of Job and verse 15 he says to God though you slay me yet will I trust in you? I will not stop trusting. I will not. I will not. I will wait. I will hold on. I will hope with confidence and trust. And those who wait on the Lord. Those who trust in his promises. In fact, and I was just thinking about this. And as you move on a little farther in Isaiah verse 40, or chapter 43. And beginning at verse 1. Here God is making his promises. Listen. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. O people of God. He who formed you, O Israel. This is what God says. Fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You think he's interested? He's interested. He counts you his own. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. And so Isaiah says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And Isaiah continues, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles, or in the New Living Translation, they shall soar high with wings like eagles. You know, I I didn't know this. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for that um, for that, um, I guess they call it an eagle cam. They put the eagle or they put the camera on the eagle's shoulder there, or the pinion. And then the eagle goes flying and this one golden uh, golden eagle flying over the Alps in in, in Switzerland, over them, you know, and uh, with a very confident look on his face. And as I and I found that and I watched it, I thought, wow, wow, you know. And then I saw this other one about eagle attacks, and, uh, and on camera, bald eagles, uh, uh, golden eagles, attacking. Uh, and picking them up, a 150-pound wolf, and flying away. And what has been known even from ancient times, the power of an eagle. Have you ever seen one up close, you know, in a zoo? I mean, they're huge. They're gigantic. Their their grip is ten times, ten times the power of a man's grip. Ten times. And I suppose if you're going to be flying around with antelopes and (laughs) all the rest, you need to have a good grip. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And So Isaiah says that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall soar with the wings of eagles. And then Isaiah continues, they shall run and not be weary. Sometimes you have to run. You know, you don't run all the time. You run occasionally when when required. Sometimes you have to run to something to rescue. Sometimes you have to run away, to get away. They shall run and not be weary. And then the last thing he says, and they shall walk and not faint. Which might seem rather anticlimactic after the mentioning of soaring and running. But the idea is that the strength needed to persevere day in and day out, regardless of the circumstances and without buckling under the pressure. That's the idea, to walk and not faint. So that this one last statement is in fact perhaps that the strongest of all the statements about those who trust in the Lord, they shall walk and not faint. Interestingly enough, this Isaiah chapter 40, from which we take our text, in fact, our text is at the very end of the chapter. But the chapter begins with these words, Comfort, comfort my people comfort comfort my people and that's what our text is all about it's about comfort and encouragement and hope and even in the middle or the somewhat in the middle of this 40th chapter Isaiah reminds us in verses 6 through 8 that all flesh is grass <laughs> The grass withers and the flower fades, but then he says, and the word of our God shall stand forever. The word that you heard today is the truth from God. And whether you receive it or not, it will stand forever. God help us never to forget it. Amen? Amen. God can help. And God will help. Let us pray. The the tenacity of Job, Lord, makes us just maybe chuckle. You can't shake me, God. No, 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 no. Nor my counselors here who are trying to convince me I've done something wrong, that I should suffer the way I'm suffering. I will not stop trusting in you. And we we know the story of Job, and it turned out okay. (laughs) Help us to believe and trust the way he did, even in the midst of our struggles and pain. Indeed, if you can't help us, no one can. And maybe there is, in the midst of the struggle, something that you're trying to teach us, some valuable truth, some life-changing truth, that once we get it, the pain we had to go through to get it, will be all forgotten. Even as we sang, You make all things work together for my good. We believe it, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.